Well, one thing's for sure, Jeff. We just never know what direction these podcasts are going to go. <laughs> I, you know, that last podcast we done, I thought thought about telling you a few days, uh, yeah. giving you a heads thanks up. For, I thought, yeah, thanks no, for giving me a little warning on that. that. Okay, so yeah. you never warned me about quantum physics and all well. that stuff either. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Got a new okay. phrase for you after the intro here. So, all right. Well, I'll, I'll do the intro since right. you're going to. I think you're going to be you doing Thank you for listening the to the Fields Brothers Show. Welcome to the Fields Brothers Show podcast. I am Jeff Fields. I'm here with my brother, Roger. We're coming to you from Central Kentucky. And so we just get together every now and then, kind of pretend like we're just sitting at Cracker Barrel and you're at the table with us, uh, listening in on our conversation. And we enjoy talking about the grace of God and and the finished work of Christ on the cross. We actually wrote a book about that that we uh, forget to mention from time to time called Breaking the Hex Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion. So uh, that still sells some copies out there, and um, those few copies that it sells kind of pays the cost of this podcast. So it works out just fine for us. Um, We are not listener-supported in that regard, so uh, we haven't mentioned that for a while. So um, I've got one little thing I want to mention, Roger, or do your intro. You mentioned last week that you want to intro yourself. So I didn't intro you individually, personally. I just kind of introed us. We're both former recovering pastors. Uh, doing other stuff now. I'm I'm in the you know we haven't said this for a while. At least I haven't. I'm in the financial services industry. I haven't mentioned that for a long time. Some yep. new listeners may not know that you uh, realtor. Both own a business here in a event menu uh, venue, not menu venue mm-hmm. called Moonlight Fields. And so um, so that's what we do most of the time during the week. Do you want anything? Say I'm anything a, else I'm to a you personally? Cable guy. Yeah, if we get into former occupations, yeah, we can. We did that one time, and, one of the earliest podcasts. And here you go. Here's one of my new phrases. I'm, I'm a closet introvert. <laughs> Are there any other? Think kinds? about that. Think about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That that, that is that is an accurate description. I am a closet introvert. What that means is, I'm an introvert, but I do things extroverted because I have to, and I, mm-hmm. that's part of. You know, by being a realtor, being a pocket, but left to myself, I'm very content. You're perfectly just content to be by myself. So people don't know. And so when I tell people I'm an introvert, they never believe that. They say, You're not an introvert. I said, Well, I am an introvert. Oh, yeah. I'm just a closet introvert. It reminds me when you did Kids Blitz, which was the ministry you had with yeah. children's churches. Yeah. I mean, you spent a lot of time on the road by yourself. Not right. that you enjoyed every aspect of that. Obviously, you didn't. I but, didn't enjoy but being just away the, from home, but right. I didn't mind being by myself. Being either. by yourself on the road yeah. for the bulk of a day was yeah. okay with you. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, I read something I wanted to bounce off you. I thought was the dead-on perfect description of how a lot of people feel about God and how they relate to God. And okay. somebody posted this, and I read it, I thought, wow, that, I think, captures this. And this was put out as a legitimate prayer. This is not meant to illustrate grace or the law. And this is like this is what they believed or what their heart was. Okay, Here's the prayer. It says, God, don't let me cross or don't let me cross over God's mercy line. Don't let your spirit speak the last time. Old Satan is using my body and my mind. Don't let me cross over God's mercy line. I know there's a deadline that I'll have to face. I know that I'm bringing my Lord to disgrace. But if I could just pray through these shackles of sin, I promise to never serve Satan again. Don't let me cross over God's mercy line. Don't let your spirit speak the last time. Oh, Satan has used my body and mind to let me cross over God's mercy line. Repeats that part. It says, I know I'm nearing, last line, I know I'm nearing my final hour. I pray the presence of death seizing power. I feel the presence of death seizing power. But if I could just conquer these storms in my mind, 
don't let me cross over God's mercy line. So God has it's, a line where his mercy line. ends. And so the idea is, yes, I know I've sinned, but I just hope I haven't yeah. gone over the line. Yeah. And that's the, the fear that a lot of people have. You know, we all, they, they recognize the fact that we all sin. They got that. Um, they, they recognize that they're not required to be perfect in their actions or behavior, but they believe there's some mystical line that if, if they cross over that line, and they never know where it's at, of course, but if they cross over that line, then God's going to reject them and they're out. And yeah, that's going to be a problem. And so God, just don't let me cross over that mercy line. I thought that captures what a lot of people believe yeah. and what they struggle with. That torments people. And not only that was in the context of, you know, physical death and leaving this world. And, but that's also true. Just, yeah, it's a, it's also a true, men, unfortunately, a sad mentality for a lot of Christians as day to day stuff. Oh yeah. As well. It's like, I, that, just don't let me cross. Just don't let me go too far. You know? Yeah. Um, and I just think it's um, – and I put on there – when somebody posed this, I thought, how do I respond? So I, I can't let this go. And I just thought, you know, the gospel erased the mercy line. You yeah. know? And that's how I'm trying yeah. to say. So whether that did good or not, I don't I know. I mean, but, Christ is on the mercy seat, and we're in him. So, I mean, we are in mercy. Yeah. Mercy's in yeah. us. Yeah, there's no regard. line. There's no line. I heard – let me mention this real quick, then uh, you get down to the other stuff. I've heard a phrase right. I like the other day, a Bible verse poker. Do you know what Bible verse poker is? No. You have a – you know, a hot doctrinal debate on yeah. something, and someone says, okay, but what about this verse and this verse? Yeah. And you give your thoughts on that, okay. Well, but what about this? So it's kind of like, I'll see your two verses, yeah. and I'll raise you these two verses, yeah, like and you, you go back and forth, yeah. and it's it's kind of like a... Until you fold out, and I get a straight yeah. flush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, both, yeah, but you're looking, you know, both sides are looking for the verse that's going to just knock yeah. the other out yeah. type of thing. Yeah. And it's got to say it, but that's yeah. uh, Bible yeah. verse poker. Yeah. So may we... Uh, May we not uh, spend too much time playing Bible verse book. I, I, I'm still amazed at how the cross, and I'll say the gospel of the cross, offends Christians. Um, and this week, again, I was kind of confronted with that. And it's like, here's my new phrase, it is like you shot their dog. I mean, they are so put out with oh, yeah. you. Like you, you know, and then I started thinking about this whole idea of, you know, Jesus, as far as his life and the way he taught, is not offensive to most people. Right, they're fine with the Jesus of love and compassion mm-hmm. and tolerance, and you know they're okay with that. A lot of people in history have done something similar to that, even mm-hmm. maybe not to that level of Jesus, but something similar. You know what offends people is the idea that the cross paid everything in full, and I saw the cartoon. The boy, if I wish I had. Matter of fact, I'm going to. Did you see this cartoon about the. It was, it's a kind of a caricature of Jesus on the cross where it says, um, Jesus is saying, It is finished. Have you seen this? I don't this? think so. Don't think oh, so. my gosh. Look at this. I'm going to show you this picture. We, we'll, put this, we'll put this on our Facebook page if that's okay, okay with you, okay? okay. Um, there's the picture. Jesus, like, I've never seen a picture. It's fixed but, in a, yeah, a little did. church building. Oh, okay, which I did church see says, that. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, okay, yeah. And so that, Jesus is saying, I finished, it's finished, and it's the church building, which is kind of the symbol of religion. Kind of the symbol of, most, oh, yeah. of institutional yeah. religion. No, it's not finished. And that is a simple kind of an illustration that that's kind of what we're, we contend with many times. Yeah. It's just, no, it's not finished. Well, yes, it is. So anyway, here's a couple of scriptures I just want to give to you. In, in, in Galatians 5, so I started looking up this whole idea of the cross being offensive, mm-hmm. okay? And read the whole thing like from verse eleven, uh, 7 to 11, but the last verse of it, it says in Galatians 5, but if I, brother, still preach circumcision, 
Why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. Now, that is fascinating. The offense of the cross. Because he's saying this. So think of it. Okay, so what is the offense of the cross? It's not the the fact that Jesus was crucified. That's Mm -hmm. not it. He says, think about this. If we just... He pauses, if I just required people this one little thing, just get circumcised. You know, what, and you got to think in the grand scheme of things, okay, you know, <laughs> it, it's not the most pleasant thing in the world, but it's over pretty quickly and it's done and it's over. And it's, you know, it's really not a big, I mean, it's not like you have to climb Mount Kilimanjaro yeah. on glass. Person you know? only applies to half yeah. the population, but yeah. that's a whole different yeah. subject. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just, but if I would just do that, there would be no offense. So the offense of the gospel is what? You don't it means do anything. There's nothing. Yeah. That's what makes it offensive. You add a little thing to it, it's not offensive anymore. The cross is yeah. only offensive when you don't add anything else to it. And Isn't that fascinating? It is. It is. And, and we're offended because of, you know, part of the reason why the Pharisees hated Jesus so much is, he would accept sinners and and pal around with right. with publicans, and you know it's it's kind of like back to the older brother. You know we talk about the story and rightfully so I think so often, but you know the older brother, he just didn't like the idea that his younger brother wasn't getting punished for something. Right. Oh yeah, you know, right, and right. he just couldn't stand that. And that that's kind of the flip side of self righteousness. You know, the flip side of the other side of the coin of self righteousness is not. I, I'm thinking. You know, I'm better. The, the flip side is thinking, okay, that person needs to get it, you know, mm-hmm. type of deal, yeah, type of thing. And so, yeah, but but that becomes an offense. That the idea that... Let me give you another one. Let me give you another one. Romans 9, listen, verse 30, start off. It says, what shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it. Mm-hmm. Well, that was pretty amazing. That is a righteousness that is by faith. And that Israel, who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness, did not succeed in reaching uh, that law. Why? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as it were by works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone. As it is written, I am laying, behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. There's that word again. Mm-hmm. Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. In other words, it's just offensive. It's just a, it offends my religion, Jeff. When you tell me that Jesus has paid the full price, it is finished. There's nothing left to do. I receive that, accept that. That offends me. That that I mean, it's not that I just disagree with you. It's like you have shot my dog. You know, you have done something personal to me, and a lot of people are in that camp. Because even though we all say. Yeah, we we've sinned. None of us perfect. I'm I'm just human. At the same time, we say that we still kind of want to reserve some way to put ourselves yeah. above some other people. Yeah. You See, know, exactly right. And if you say first, if you say if you say that, okay, we believe that Jesus died on the cross um, and He shed His blood for you, and so what you need to do now, you read really receive that, and as long as you can put an mm-hmm. and on that, oh, yeah. there's no offense. So that and, cartoon again remind me that the two phrases on that Jesus said it, says, it is, finished, is finished. The church says no, it's, no, it's not. not. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah. It's not finished. It's not finished at all. You know, they said no. There's there's more to do. There's more, and that's exactly where we're at. And it's if if you and when you add anything like really, we think of circumcision as kind of a big deal, but in a way, it really wasn't that big a deal. 
I mean, you know, it wasn't the most pleasant experience in the world. I'm sure as an adult to have that, have be circumcised. But, um, you know, I mean, I've known adults that have gone through that, and it's like they didn't, you know, didn't kill them. It, wasn't, it really wasn't that big a deal to them. Yeah. They just thought later to do it when, when they weren't as a child. Or they might have had a little anesthesia today that they didn't have yeah. back then. But well, maybe. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe they're, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe that you know. But, still, but yeah, it, I get that point. But it's the a one-time idea, deal. It's a one-time deal. Yeah. It's over and it's done. And but Paul said, I, I'm not even going to add that one little thing to it. And that's the one little thing. Of course, they wanted more than anything. But no, I'm not going to do that. So anyway, let me. Can, can I get? Can I sure. Keep go on here. Keep going. Keep okay. Going. So I, I'm still fascinated with. Um, I love one of my favorite scriptures, Romans 1, um, in verse uh, 16 in particular, beginning to run up to that in verse 14, Paul says, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to foolish. I am so eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it... In it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And here's the simple point. The gospel is just where the power is at. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I met people this week who were talking about, you know, how do we get the church to, to make more of an impact in the community, how our world is going crazy. Maybe if we just, you know, if we just prayed more, you know, and everybody's always wanting to get the preachers together. If we just get the preachers together, you know, to pray more, then that would really revitalize our city. No, it's not. It's not mm. going to work. Prayer is not the power of God unto salvation. Yeah. The gospel is the good news of what Jesus has done for you. That's where the power is. It's not in discipleship. It's not in Bible reading. It's not in doctrinal purity. It's not in moral behavior. It's not in church attendance. It's not in your ability to follow Jesus. The power is in the gospel, the good news. There you go. That's, and that's along the lines of what I posted, I think, yesterday. I think you saw it. And you, you liked it. Right there. John Crowder quote that, that and, and there was... It was really good, I thought, and that he was saying, okay, the, for the first part, I'm sure a lot of, you know, different groups would agree with different parts of it. So, you know, what we don't need is cultural relevance and things like that. Yeah. We need the gospel. But he also pointed out that what many people today think is the gospel right. is kind of a normal, fundamental, evangelical view of the gospel that is really a mixed gospel. Right, right. That's not... That's the modern invention. They just they just know? have a nostalgia view of the church. Right. They just want right. things to be back when the preacher was preaching Hellfire or when it was just more of a hymn singing, more of a traditional style church. And, you know, and there's some argument as to whether or not that wasn't a bad thing, you know. But the point is that in itself is not the gospel. Yeah, and that that is the modern invention. Right, you know, right, uh, right. That, that the, right. the original gospel, not just in the scripture, but for the first few hundred years yeah. or, you know if not more you know yeah. that was that was the gospel you yeah. know that there there was the offense of the cross during that time all right let, so. me, let me go through a couple things real quickly okay like, uh, so the gospel is where the power is yeah okay? that's where the power is amen now first corinthians 15 um verse one through four but i'll pull a few things out of here but paul says uh, that uh, i said i'll remind you of the of the gospel i preached to you okay here we go he's gonna tell us the gospel which you received in which you stand by which you were saved if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received. First importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. That is the first importance. That's the gospel. Just what Jesus has done for us, that Jesus has paid for our sins. And so then you get to, 
um, Mark 16, and Jesus says, go ahead and proclaim what? The gospel, the good news. Don't, you know, um, we get in um, um, Galatians 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 11, uh, that you would know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me was not man's gospel, because I did not receive it through any man, nor was I taught it. I received it through revelation of Jesus. And then one last thing where he says, and for, I, love, I still love the scripture in 1 Peter 1, 23-25, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. All flesh is like, is like grass, and its glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that's usually where we stop right there. But he goes on to say, and this word, this word that doesn't fade, that doesn't wither, that doesn't fall, this word is the good news that was preached to you. And that's why we say it over and over. When the Bible refers to the word of God, it's talking about the gospel, or talking about Jesus who came in the flesh. The word became flesh. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, not a lot to add to that, I don't think. I mean, the power, and that, you know, that's the hope both for ourselves and for other people, you know. So you just tell them the truth of, of, who Christ is and what yeah. he's done. Yeah. And that, you know, everything else is kind of a footnote, you know, as I yeah. read, you know, yeah, we can argue about all these other things and, you know, yeah. but, but it really boils down to who is Christ and what has he done? And that is nothing but good news. And if there's any bad news in it, then it's not the good news. I would say that. one of the things we try to do, it's like when you have a, your computer just won't cooperate with you. Sometimes you just want to unplug it and reset it to the default settings. Well, that's what I think we're trying to do. We're trying to we're mm-hmm. do our default settings. You know, just unplug everything. And let's reset this to our default settings, which is Jesus, you know, Christ crucified for sinners. Jesus yeah. died and paid the price. And one of these things, the, the first verse you read from Romans there, not that righteousness, it's one thing I'm, I want to study out some more, and I haven't studied a lot, so I, I may be off on a little bit. But I heard someone talk about that the word righteousness, I, I'm thinking we may misunderstand the word righteousness. When we think of righteousness, I think our mind immediately goes to guilty or innocent. They've been made righteous. When I heard someone say it, it has to do with right relationship with God, which you can say, okay, that's related to guilt and innocence. But more than that, it's related to just are we relating to God in a right way, mm-hmm. in a truthful way, in a the way he intended for us to relate. Yeah. So righteousness is not just going from one category to another, you know, going from a guilty category to an innocent category. It's are we relating to God in a, in a righteous, in a right way? And that's the righteousness, you know, so our righteousness is in Christ, not just, okay, I move from one guilty column to an innocent column, but my righteousness is in Christ. I can relate to God in a truthful way of knowing him as father. Mm -hmm. And so if if I'm fearful of God all the time and I'm always afraid he's going to punish me for something and I see him as a vengeful, angry, short-tempered deity, kind of like Zeus in Greek mythology, then I'm not relating to God in a right way. I mean, that's not who he is. And so the righteousness of Christ enables us to relate to God in a right way, to know him as, as Father, as the one who loves us, and Father, Son, and Spirit, and to join in that party that yeah. the that the triune God has. Yeah. So, um, I had, uh, the, I, don't know if I, I don't think I mentioned this on a podcast, but a month or two ago, I got pulled over, Jeff, by the, and by the, Ironically, by a Nicholasville police officer before I was in the police academy. So last episode, and we talked about you on the one side of the law. Now we're talking about yeah, you, you had experience so I, on the my, other side of the law. My tag had expired, right? and I'd Ooh, forgotten my tag okay. expired. And um, so they, they, he wrote me a good ticket, and I had to go into the um, courthouse. 
And I thought, well, maybe because I've heard that if you provide, you know, and I, so I went ahead and got my sticker so I could bring and show them that I do have it. And I thought maybe I could get out of paying the ticket. Well, couldn't get out of it. You know why I couldn't get out of it? Because the grace period has expired. Oh, there's a, that's what you, they said. you crossed the mercy line. Yeah. That's what they said. Grace period has expired. I don't realize. So the grace, there's grace here, but it expired. I'm, saying, I'm glad God's grace period doesn't well, expire, yeah. you know? So anyway. Um, you got time for a couple of random things here? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, when I read this quote, uh, I think it was Jamie Englehart, um, says the Holy Spirit is the helper, not the doer. I thought that's pretty good. You know, Jesus said, I will send you the comforter, a helper, not the doer. So in terms of we're not empty tubes, yeah. you know, we're not just totally empty channels and, and Jesus just sidestep, you know, pushes us out of the way and the spirit of Christ does everything through us and we're not involved at all. He's not the doer. I have to he's, ponder that. He's the helper. Okay. Well, you, you admit he's, it says yeah, the helper. I, no, I agree. He says, I agree. So right that, 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 that we don't, we don't, lo- we don't yeah. lose our identity. We don't yeah. lose our, I mean, there's an old man that's, yeah. that's it. Right. I also thought this the other day, or just, actually the last day or so, you know, we're talking about the old man being crucified with him. But in Ephesians and Colossians, it's talking about putting off the old man. And one point, it makes it kind of past tense, but another verse kind of says, you know, put away the old man. So it's kind of interesting. He doesn't just say, stop doing these things, which is true. And he does get into some of that, mm-hmm. but he personifies those, those traits. Yeah, you know, you put off man. the old man. Right. It's kind of like, even though the old man's dead and was crucified at the cross, he's still kind of hanging around, yeah. you know, oh, and, yeah. and, we, and yeah. we put him away. You. The uh, other thought that, and you, uh, I can't remember if you mentioned that you didn't, the second Corinthians five, I don't guess you mentioned that, but the idea of bearing our sins, you did mention first Corinthians 15, that bore our sins, and, you know, the culmination of that in the cross. But I think there's also a very real aspect that Jesus bore our sinfulness his entire life. You know, that he took on human flesh. He, he not just, and, and the worst of human flesh. Now, he never sinned, but he experienced all that. He experienced the darkness and the blindness and the temptation and the sinful, uh, you know, I guess temptations, for lack of a better word. And so I think, that, you know, he joined himself with humanity, that God joined himself with sinful humanity. So I think in that sense, I think he bore our sin. I think there's verses that indicate this as well that would go along with this. He bore our sin his entire life yeah. from there. And then, so I don't think it was just, I don't think he just, you know, Right before he died, or yeah. as soon as that's, he got nailed at the cross, God yeah. went, "Okay, yeah. now all these sins, I'm taking all the sins of Roger and Jeff and everybody else, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put them on my son right here at the cross." Mm-hmm. I don't think it was that way. I think he bore the the sinfulness of humanity his entire life, and then died for mm-hmm. our, our sins in that regard. So, got other thoughts? Well, you want to hear something really interesting? Excuse me, in random. No, not interesting. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. You know, we know now archaeologists have shown that there are lots of, have been lots of tribes of people that have been dug up um, that have been, that the average height of a lot of these people's tribes is seven and a half feet to eight feet. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. So there's, there's tons of skeletons like that now. It's not just, it's not just an aberration where a tribe might have one guy that's, you know, like the size hmm. of a shack or something. Okay. There are tribes <laughs> of people that were, Really tall. Now, you, there's a lot of scriptural, you know, it talks about people, of rena- uh, men of renown. You know, Goliath was a giant. I mean, we, the Bible kind of calls them giants. And they weren't giants in the sense of what we are cartoon giants, but they were supersized humans, okay? Now, 
<laughs> there was some watching this YouTube video of this, and then, so they're just saying you know, they say it's kind of been suppressed. But we said we've known this. Archaeologists, archaeologists have known this for decades that there have been around the world people just bigger than we are. And there's one group called the Adenas. You ever heard of them? I have not. So well, this get, is breaking new ground get, for me here. Get this, okay? So the Adenas, guess where the I Ad- think it'd be a great nickname for a basketball team, though, sounds like. Well, the Adenas lived primarily in Kentucky, okay. uh, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. Okay. okay. How do you spell that? Adenas? A-D-E-N-A. Okay, you can like YouTube this. Okay. 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 Now, so these Adenas, then they're all... They're seven footers. They're all seven, eight feet long. And so, and then when they would bury them, you know, have barrels, instead of digging a hole to bury them, they would, I guess they wouldn't dig that big hole. I don't, but they would build like a wooden uh, bed kind of thing and they would cremate the bodies. Okay. Okay. Then they would build a mound over the burial. So they could, these burial sites are really easy to spot. It's just a big mound and they all look identical. All right. Okay. And underneath these mounds, basically, are these giant-sized people are buried. Well, guess what? I just put a farm under contract that has one of these mounds, and the, the owners told me, yeah, we think some Adena, Adenas were buried there. Well, I, I thought, wow. So they put more than one in one mound? Under one yeah, mound? Oh, they'll put several in one mound. Okay. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, sometimes I can put six or eight even in one mound. Now, why they would do that, I don't know. But And so here I'm thinking, wow. And so then I watch this video, and this this, this mound is identical to the mounds they're showing in this video. And I'm thinking, I just am selling a farm where their giants are buried under this mound in Kentucky. So there you go. <laughs> Look it up. YouTube it. Adenas. A-D-E-N-A. So... Uh, it's it's hard to follow up on on, on that. Um, <laughs> I, I, <don't> <laughs> I mean, I, I had a couple more, you know, meaningful spiritual insights to share. But you know, after that, it's well, just I mean, you got. I mean, it, it is kind of interesting. The Bible does talk about you know large sized people quite frequently. So I mean, so these were, we're not talking about thousands of years ago either. We're talking about hundreds of years ago. No, well, the, the, this particular tribe died Kentucky, out died out like in two hundred A.D. Now they were pr- pr- before Christ. The, this tribe goes back before Christ. But there were some. You said some about Kentucky and West Virginia, well, Pennsylvania. Yeah, were, and all it wasn't Kentucky then, but there were people who lived in North America. So some of these were okay. So this is two thousand okay. years ago. All right. Because the tribe died out about 2,000 years ago. Well, how did we go this long without knowing that? I don't know. There you go.